This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. So reminding you all bidna lahi ta'ala to please keep us in your dua. And inshallah ta'ala to also consider yaqeen amongst your last 10 night donations bidna lahi ta'ala. And of course to follow all the resources we have at yaqeeninstitute.org slash Ramadan to benefit. And alhamdulillah uh, tonight we have a very special guest, uh, and, and when I say very special, alhamdulillah, I mean, that's no exaggeration. Ustada Aisha Prime, alhamdulillah. You can read her her multiple bios, her lengthy bios, resident scholar at Dar al-Hijrah, and um, you know, her work with different organizations, with MANA, I know very recently with Imam Zaid, alhamdulillah, I mean, and of course at Yaqeen. Um, but beyond that, uh, I've known Ustada Aisha, alhamdulillah, now for uh, close to two decades, alhamdulillah, going back to the days in New Orleans. So she is from New Orleans, not from New Orleans, I like to claim it, but she lived in New Orleans for some time, alhamdulillah, uh, actually, when, when I was uh, in New Orleans at Mazdaw Bakr, Ustada Aisha was giving classes there, alhamdulillah, as well, um, in the same masjid, and uh, alhamdulillah, a, a dear family friend as well. And uh, just want to welcome you, Ustada Aisha. Ahla wa sahla. Welcome to the show. Jazakumullah Thank you so much for that warm welcome. Allahibarakiki. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do this. Um, so I'm going to ask you two questions. One of them is going to be a little bit longer, and then we'll get into the, the Quran, inshallah ta'ala. But I, I have not known the story of your name until very recently. I, I assume that when you embraced Islam, you changed your name to Aisha. And subhanAllah, when you were talking about it um, recently, um, the, the actual way that you had the name Aisha, it really, it really moved, it really moved me, subhanAllah. And I think it moved a lot of people. So I actually want you to share that story before we get started with the night about how you took the name Aisha or how the name Aisha was given to you. Yes. So alhamdulillah, there um, long story short, my mother, uh, her, you know, since I was young, she would tell me stories about the man who delivered me and how you know she just respected him and how you know just his character and how he made an impression upon her dr mojedidi and so she would tell me the story about when i was born uh dr mojedidi asked if he could uh if he could just hold me and you know say a little prayer in my ear and so she gave him permission so it wasn't long after that um actually some somewhere in that process uh, my father came in and my aunt and my father always debate about who was the first uh, to, to, to do this. But my father came in singing the Stevie Wonder song, Isn't She Lovely? Life is Aisha. And so uh, he came in singing that and uh, Dr. Mujeddin, and so my father was like, Aisha, my aunt was like, Aisha, and Dr. Mujeddin was like, Aisha is a good name. <laughs> and so uh, that's how I got the name Aisha. Yeah, and you know, you, you said Subhanallah that he had such good character, and and you know, your mother would always talk about him. And inshallah, you want to meet him, inshallah. Time, you know, something that in the nighttime you were just talking about trying before we got started. You're, you know, inshallah, planning to meet him in the nighttime, his old age, and Subhanallah, you never know who you who your good example will inspire, and um, you know that where that seed will be planted, and. Um, I'm sure he's very proud. I'm, I'm sure he's caught a program of you, inshallah. So, Dr. Mujaddidi, if you're watching this, alhamdulillah, I hope you, I hope you, you realize, subhanAllah, that the person that you delivered, alhamdulillah, is a, is a, is a great gem to our community, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless, bless you, Ustad Aisha, and bless, uh, bless him, and bless, bless your whole family. So, the second question is, 
What was what was your favorite? I know it's Ramadan. We're fasting. Favorite po' boy joint in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where your favorite po' boy is in New Orleans. I want to so so people know when they take a vacation to New Orleans. You know, I'm not even sure I could say that I have a favorite one. Um, I mean, you do like po' boys, right? Yeah, shrimp po' boys okay. are, are definitely my favorite, but I'm not sure. Um, I could say that I have a, a favorite one. Um, other than, you know, I would just say anytime that Master Rahim right, is cooking up a, a Friday fish fry. Um, but I can't, I can't say that I have a specific po' boy spot, right? I agree. Master Rahim is as good as any restaurant you'll see um, in, in downtown New Orleans. Alhamdulillah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Imam Rafiq in that community. That's an amazing community. Allah serving the people. And we're serving the people after Katrina very well in, in, in the inner cities as well. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And Sheikh Abdullah, how are you doing today? I'm good. Alhamdulillah. Happy to be here and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. How are the last how are the last 10 looking for you? Alhamdulillah, just got to keep the schedule right. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure we know ourselves and know our capabilities, but still at the same time, do uh, jihad enough and strive for... The next, the next version of ourselves, you know. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, we only got a week left, man. Subhanallah, a week left of, of yeah. doing these programs, and may Allah Subhanahu bless, bless you for all that you've been doing, and and reward you, and may Allah Subhanahu reward uh, everyone that's been tuning in uh, so regularly. But Subhanallah, it's really starting to settle in. We got a week left of this. Subhanallah, Jamia and all of us, and you know, I just want to make a small, you know, Subhanallah reminder is that the people behind the scenes, as you always do, mashallah, but it's important that we remember the people that are behind the scenes from the logistics. We just come sit down and press a button. You know, it's a lot mm -hmm. of people in Yaqeen, outside of Yaqeen, other organizations that are taking it upon themselves and you don't see them, you don't know their names, but subhanAllah, just to remind all of you out there that are dealing with the logistics of any of these events, that your reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't ever, don't ever forget that, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa bless them all. Jazakumullah we'll get started inshallah ta'ala with the juz bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala so in this juz and I remind everyone to go to the companion guide inshallah ta'ala uh, for Quran 30 for 30 that gives the structures uh, but I know what I want to focus on inshallah ta'ala is the comparisons that are made in this juz particularly when you get to Surah Al-Zumar um, Surah Al-Zumar is, is, is literally a surah that constantly portrays two camps of people. Um, it portrays all the way to the end of the surah, you know, the very famous uh, verses, وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ تَقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرًا where it gets its name from. The, the arrival of the people of paradise to the gates of paradise versus the arrival of the people of hellfire to the gates of hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. The, uh, the people of despair versus the people of hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people who strive versus the people who are lazy. I mean, it is comparison after comparison after comparison. Those that worship Allah, those that worship the idols. So you just constantly have these categories. And I know that Ustad Aisha, inshallah ta'ala, is also going to be reflecting on a similar theme. And so I'm going to just look at the actual names that the ayat were revealed in regards to according to a large group of the Mufassirun. So we'll start actually with verse 17 and verse 18, uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَالَّذِينَ اجْتَنَبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوهَا 
وَأَنَابُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ لَهُمُ الْبُشْرَى فَبَشِّرْ عِبَادِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those اجتنبوا الطاغوت those that have gone away from serving الطاغوت which means all false gods and they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, sincerely أَنَابُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ I remember the very famous verse in Surah Al-Zumar قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Allah calls us, turn back to Allah, turn back to your Lord, and submit yourself to Him. So these are the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, anabu ilallah, they turn back to Allah and they have the glad tidings, so give glad tidings to my servants. According to the Mufassirun, this is referring to those that became Muslim or those that embraced um, the, the monotheism, the message of pure monotheism before the Prophet received revelation. So if you've been following the series on the firsts, this is referring to Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl anhu, who died before the Prophet received revelation, but the Prophet mentioned on the Day of Judgment, he will be an Ummah all by himself. This is referring to Waraq ibn Nufal. This is referring to Salman al-Farisi So it's referring to those people that were monotheists, prior to the clear message coming down to the Prophet So they were following the best of what was coming to them from the people of the book. And that's why um, you know, uh, they, they mentioned uh, that the next verse, uh, verse number 18, Those are the ones who pay heed to what is said and they follow the best of it. So some of the scholars mentioned here, that what was unique about that group of people is that they weren't dealing with, you know, the Prophet as a clear prophet at the time. They weren't dealing with a clear revelation. They were dealing with what they could decipher from the true message of Jesus, peace be upon him, the true message of Isa at the time when there was such dispute and difference over what uh, Isa represented and who the people of the book were supposed to be and what monotheism was. So. They were listening, they were studying what was coming to them through the people of the book, but their hearts were so pure, their pursuits were so sincere that they were arriving at Tawheed, they were arriving at monotheism, they were arriving at the pure message, even before its most pristine version came through the Prophet after uh, they had already embraced monotheism. So Allah reminds them, This was Allah guiding them. And Those that strive, in, in seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will guide them. So Allah was guiding them, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hum ulul albab. These are people of pure uh, thought. One thing that the Mufassirun also point out is at-taghut here refers to the shaytan and refers to any worship of anything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you remember when Ibrahim alayhi salam was speaking to his father, Ya abati la ta'bud shaytan. Oh my father, do not worship the shaytan. And of course his father was making and worshiping idols. So, uh, you know, taghut is singular, but it refers to anything that is worshiped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the delusion of shaitan. And then here you have, uh, again, those people that were able to see through all of that delusion, all of that confusion due to their sincerity and, uh, and strive. So that's the first group of people, the sincere strivers. And then verse 22, just a few verses uh, later, another uh, comparison. أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِنْ رَبِّهِ فَوَيْلٌ لِلْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أُولَٰئِكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Are those whose chests opened up for Islam 
and who are illuminated by a light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be likened to, to, to other than them. So woe to the, those whose hearts were further hardened after Allah's reminder came. Such are people in plain and clear error. So this is now after the revelation was clear and you had those whose hearts were further hardened, who only went farther away. And if, if those of you that have been following the last 10 nights, the reflections on the fawa'id of Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, this was the first reflection of Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, the, the verse in Surah Qaf where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mentions um, uh, that, that um, those um, uh, the, the dhikr, the reminder coming to the one who has a heart and who gives their full attention while they are witnessing the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, Allah says, Woe to those who have hard hearts from the dhikr that only increase them in disease. And they are in clear error. The scholars say this comparison now is between Abu Lahab and his sons and Hamza and Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Why? Because Abu Lahab was speaking about the lost ones of Banu Hashim. And he was speaking about Ali and Hamza. May Allah be pleased with them. And how lowly they were, how they turned their backs on Banu Hashim. And how they were not equal anymore to the rest of Banu Hashim. They did not deserve the uh, the, the good uh, character or the uh, the good standing in society because they had turned their backs on Banu Hashim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you think that these people, Ali and Hamza, are equal to Abu Lahab and his sons, right? Those that after guidance became clear. So building on the verses prior increased in faith and they were illuminated by that light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whereas what a humiliated man Abu Lahab is and those that sought to obstruct that light finally verse 53 the most famous verse in the surah say O my servants who have transgressed against themselves do not despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verily, Allah forgives all sins, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoorun rahim, all forgiving, most merciful. This was revealed in response to particularly two men that represented a larger group. Um, there was a man by the name of Hisham ibn al-As. Hisham ibn al-As was detained in Mecca prior to the hijrah and forced to renounce his religion under persecution. And then you had Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah, who was the half-brother of Abu Jahl. And Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah was on his way out with Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Abu Jahl came to Ayyash and he told Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu, look, your mother is in great distress in Mecca. Come back to her. We're not going to harm you, but you need to ease her. So Ayyash was guilted to go back to Mecca to see his mother who had, uh, who had taken up a hunger strike due to his accepting Islam. And Abu Jahl promised, you know, and, and his half-brother promised, and those that were with him promised they wouldn't do anything to him. Uh, Umar radiallahu anhu sniffed, he, he, he smelled that this was a funny plot, right? He knew this was funny. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu actually had given Ayyash his best camel, and he basically told him instructions how to escape if they betray him, because he felt like they were going to betray him. And indeed, they betrayed him on the way back, they captured him, and they beat him and forced him to renounce his religion. And subhanAllah, you know, Ayyash and Hisham ibn, ibn al-As were in Mecca at this point, having apostated not because they wanted to, but because they were forced to, and they wondered if there was a way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah was saying to them and to everyone by extension, those that had committed many sins and ignorance, 
and those that had even gone to kufr under persecution, that they had a path back to Allah. So this represented broader, the Mufassirun said, the Meccans who had a lot of sins in Jahiliyyah, a lot of sins in the day of ignorance, and they were afraid that Allah would not forgive them. And these two men in particular who were afraid that Allah would not forgive them. Now you may have heard this story many times, by the way, but subhanAllah, one thing that, that I'll mention that I don't think I've mentioned before, which I think is significant, is Ayyash anhu not only heard the message and came back to the Prophet and became a Muslim, but he died a shaheed in the Battle of Yarmouk. He actually died a very heroic death as a martyr. So, You've despaired, you've gone far away. Come back to Allah. Allah will forgive you. Turn back to Him and submit yourself, and you will see what transpires of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he made, you know, of course, this was all under persecution in the first place, but a comparison once again from those who despair and remain in despair to those who turn back to Allah and who avail themselves of the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then exert themselves uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that, inshallah ta'ala, we're actually going to turn to Ustad Aisha because the verse she's actually reflecting on uh, literally speaks to the exact same theme. Uh, verse number nine. So I'll turn it over, inshallah ta'ala, to Ustada Aisha to share any reflections she'd like, inshallah ta'ala, on that verse, and of course, anything else that she'd like to reflect upon. Jazakumullah khair. In looking at this uh, particular ayat that uh, Sheikh Omar just mentioned, I'll just give the translation, inshallah. So it says, is one who worships devoutly during the hours of the night, prostrating himself or standing in adoration, who takes heed of the hereafter and who places his hope in the mercy of his Lord, like one who does not say, are those equal? Those who know and those who do not know? It is those who are endued with understanding that receive admonition. In as Sheikh Omar just mentioned, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout this surah are comparing those who believe, right? By even though they're tried, right? Even though they've been tried, uh, they still come to belief. They don't allow their faith bec to become trauma-informed. They don't allow their, their trauma or the things, the hardships that they endure to be something, sorry, that removes their faith from them. But in many cases, they actually allow those trials to become something by which they become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As opposed to, in other cases, those that um, are tried with, uh, with wealth, right? That they have a certain status. And instead of being grateful to Allah Azza wa Jal, it becomes a means by which they become arrogant or hard-hearted or feel a deep sense of entitlement. And so throughout this surah, Allah Azza wa Jal uh, gives us examples of the Anbiya. Um, in addition to, as, as uh, Sheikh Omar, he gave us the background story and in terms of the, the ayat that it's relating to the Sahaba, Allah also begins to talk about the different prophets of Allah that were tried uh, with different aspects of, of um, different aspects of the world. So, for example, in the case of Da'ud or Sulaiman, like in, in, they are tried with wealth and power, right? And many times that... Um, when people are endued with wealth or in power, it becomes something uh, that it becomes not just a sense of entitlement, but a deep sense of arrogance, right? A deep sense of um, that they have the right 
to be in power or to subdue other people, many times leading uh, to, to tyranny and oppression, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us in the case of Da'ud that actually, right, wealth is something that we should use to become nearer and closer to Allah azawajal. Something inshallah we, we living in the States are, should become very familiar with during these days of Ramadan, that our wealth that whatever, uh, you know, is given to us should be given back to Allah. Right, as we know that in the case of Abu Bakr Siddiq, that his wealth became something that he used his dunya for the akhirah. Right, and then uh, other cases where Allah Azza wa Jal is mentioning in this same jewels uh, about Prophet Ayub, right, and how he's actually tested with the loss of his wealth. Right, the loss of his provision, the loss of his family, and even the loss of his health. Right, and people are saying to him, You should curse Allah, right? You should curse Allah, you should leave this religion. And I, I want us to reflect because many times when you find people who have turned to atheism or who've turned away from religion in general, they are people who have experienced some level of life's hardships. And they say, well, you know, someone in my family died or and where was God when that happened? Or where was God when this terrible event happened to me? But being able to recognize the power of Allah, even in the hardship, to be able to recognize the moment where Allah Azawajal was saving you sometimes from something worse or that he was protecting your heart, um, even during someone else's dhulm or harm or that Allah Azawajal was still taking care of you, that he was merciful, that it takes a certain kind of nurul iman. It takes a certain kind of light uh, in one's heart to be able to see Allah in a hardship. Uh, and so this, you know, comes into that example of Prophet Ayyub Sometimes we're tried with our reputation because of our faith, right? Many times we're saying, well, you know, because I'm a Muslim or because I have faith, you know, people have uh, persecuted or discriminated against me or said bad things about me. Of course, in all the cases of Islamophobia or and so forth. And so, you know, people have been ridiculed and whatnot. So sometimes people begin to feel like, you know, why am I being ridiculed for my faith? God should defend me. Right. Without recognizing in the case of, for example, like Prophet Nuh, that he's ridiculed, called a madman, even our beloved messenger of Allah, that sometimes your reputation is in question because of your faith. But this shouldn't be something that diminishes our light. This isn't something that should cause us to become a renegade of Mahwardeen. In fact, it should be something that throws us closer to Allah and say, Ya Allah, despite what the people say about me that they are not the ones who created me. They're not the ones that I'm gonna return back to, right? That subhanAllah, Allah, you're the one who created me, who provides for me, who takes care of me, who protects me. That should be something that throws us further onto the in, in front of Allah's door, right? It should be something that brings us closer to Allah Azawajal. So in looking at the ayat uh, that Sheikh Omar, he mentioned, right, that those that, you know, Are, <laughs> In the nights of Ramadan, 
we find ourselves standing in the night, worshiping Allah, doing our best to be amongst those that are considered to be devoted. Like Allah and the, the reward for that, the reward for saying, Ya Allah, I've been tried. I've been tried with my wealth or lack thereof. I've been tried with position or lack thereof. I've been tried with being ridiculed. Right? But those who are able to throw that behind them right, and say, Allahu Akbar, and stand in the late hours of the night, crying out to Allah, raising their hands in qunud, asking, Ya Rabbi, right? Take care of me, provide for me. Ya An Muhaymin, uh, protect me. Ya Al Aziz, give me victory over my enemies who are asking to be far upon the Sunnah of the Prophet والسلام, who are asking for increase in their faith. They're not equal to those who fall by the wayside. They're not equal. Their reward is not equal. Their dunya won't be equal. Their akhirah won't be equal. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he talks about fasting is mine and I reward him. Right? Allah is saying fasting is mine and I reward it, which means you won't be able to count the ajr of Allah. Even for one night, if we reach Laylatul Qadr, subhanallah, one night will be better than a thousand months. Subhanallah. There's no reward like Allah Azza wa Jal. So I'll close out on this, inshallah, what it reminds me about um, this particular verse. How do we keep the faith? How do we become those people who are devout no matter what, right? How do we uh, become those people that no matter the circumstance, we find ourselves um, completely in devotion of Allah, standing with khushul, consistent and constant with istiqamah and moving forward, progressing on this path. Be found amongst those who contemplate Allah often, as mentioned in this ayah. Be, for, be amongst those who are found being grateful to Allah. Right? Be those that are found reflecting on Allah as a creation. And as a result, his greatness be found amongst those who are reflecting upon the reality of death in the akhirah. The reality that this dunya will end. That all these tests and trials, eventually it's coming to an end and it's our Lord that we will return to. May Allah, may Allah Azza wa Jal honor us with his acceptance. May we be amongst those that he welcomes into his Jannah because we were devout and steadfast. Jazakumallah khairan. Assalamualaikum. Absolutely beautiful reflection, subhanAllah. And we expected no less uh, than to be shaken by what you would share with us. May Allah reward you and increase you. SubhanAllah, yeah. just the reflection. Isn't it interesting that qanit with ata mm. is someone standing up at night and praying and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that that person is not equal. And then Allah says, la taqnatu with the ta, qanit with the ta is one who despairs in Allah. So the one who is deeply mm. devout and standing in front of Allah at night is from the qanitin. And the one who despairs that Allah warns us not to be is from those taqnatu min rahmatillah. May Allah protect us from being amongst those ever despair in His mercy. Amongst those who are always standing in devotion. Allahumma amin. Jazakumullah khairan. Shaykh Abdullah, bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, bil alameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward 
you for those beautiful insights and touching it, you know, with reality and what we face as human beings and kind of even mentioning some of the statements that go on with inside of ourselves uh, within this month of Ramadan and outside of this month of Ramadan. But what I want to really talk about, subhanAllah, <clears throat> is, you know, another statement that hopefully we will say within ourselves this Ramadan and it's the statement of Yunus alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a small story of Yunus alayhi salam, Jonah. And his name is Yunus ibn Matta, and he was known to be of the people that were called to Bani Israel. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the chapter of Safat, verse number 139 to roughly 142, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Yunus alayhi salam. In this chapter of Safat, he touches about, talks about a number of prophets. But there's one beautiful lesson here that I want, or a couple of beautiful lessons that I want to extract from these verses that speak about the story of Yunus alayhi salam, which is mentioned in other verses such as Al-Anbiya as well. And it's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to remind the people of Yunus. So if Allah is telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then it is definitely for us to remind ourselves as we are doing today in the Majlis of Dhikr and the sitting of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remind you about Yunus alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Yunus was from the ones that were sent. He was from the Mursaleen. He was the one that was given a risala. And the risala is a risala of tawheed, risala tawheediyah, that he was given to tell the people about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the people that Yunus alayhi salam was ordered to tell were the people that subhanAllah did not accept his message, did not accept his message at all immediately. And Yunus alayhi salam became angry. And we'll talk about this inshallah ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to remind the people, إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونَ يعني إِذْ يعني أُذْكُرْ إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونَ يعني Tell the people when he left and fled, when he fled to the fulk al-mashun, and the fulk is a vehicle that could be fulk in the in the sky or on the earth or something in the sea, and primarily it is talking about a ship here. And it was mashun, yani mamlu. It was full of people. How did this take place? Where Yunus salam was calling the people, and the people was of a village named Ninawa, Ninawa, and he was calling the people to Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, uh, So the first portion of this verse in the chapter of Al-Anbiya is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the noon, and the noon is Yunus. The noon means the sahib al-hut, means the person of the fish. Where is the fish in this story? We're going to mention it inshallah. So Yunus alayhi salam left his people mughadiban. And some scholars like Tahir bin Ashur, he mentions mughadiban means angry. But it is the verb that is used here is mutawa, meaning that the action took place between two parties. So if you say qatala means to kill, qatala, qatala means to fight each other. So mughadiban means that he was angry and they were angry. Most likely the scholars say he was giving the message of Islam and they were angry with that which made him angry. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his, his subhanAllah is so beautiful. Yeah, and he's, 
the language of, of, of the Quran is we should not take it lightly. The verbs that he uses, not even the verb, the letters that make up the verbs that he uses has a purpose. The morphological makeup of the three letters have a purpose. He could have said, but he said to show that there was there was anger in the air, not only from him, but with from them also. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions where he says, and subhanahu was reading, and I remember this verb, abaqa. And Abaqa, I remember reading in the books of fiqh when it talked about, you know, post-war and the spoils of war and people that may be left over. And it was talking about people that were in the control of others and they would run away. This was called an Abaq, someone that would run away from the person that was, they were under their control from the prisoners of war. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that verb. So it's a verb of a servant to his master. Someone that runs away from their master or their keeper. The, I was understanding why did he use abaqa? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to stay with Ninawa, with the people that he ordered him to call the message to. But he left. And it was without the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why in the chapter of subhanAllah al-Qalam, verse number 48, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet Fasbil li hukmi rabbika, wala takun al-huti. Allah SWT says, wait patiently, O Messenger of Allah, for your Lord's judgment and do not be like the Sahib al-Hut. Do not be like the person of the fish. Wait for his judgment. So when Yunus fled, he did it on his own volition. He did not do it by the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is still a prophet. He is still a prophet. But as we see with other prophets such as Musa salam. He was angry. These are human characteristics, but they will never do a sin that goes and affects other people that Allah would allow to take place because they have the himmat al-risala. They have this message of the prophethood of the wahi of Islam. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when he came to the fulkil mashhun, he arrived to this ship. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that, So when he got to this ship, it was full. And they realized that either we throw some people off or some people have to get off, or we will sink. So Allah says, Fasahama, and the fa means ta'qib, meaning so when he got on the ship, what happened after that? He's painting a picture for you. After that, sahama, the people on the ship said, we have to draw a lot, cast lots, to where basically we have the stick, and whoever pulls the short end of the stick, then they have to jump off of the ship. Fasahama fakana min al-mudahadin, yani aladin aladi khasiru. So he said, so Allah says, so when they casted the lots, he was from the ones that were not fortunate. And there was more than him, meaning that he was with a number of people that had to jump off of the ship or be thrown off of the ship. Then Allah goes on to again, then after that, he's thrown in the sea, a big fish swallows him. Allahu Akbar. He was thrown in the sea and a big fish swallows him. And Allah says, he is blamed. You're thinking, blamed from what? What did he do? He left the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He left angrily. Let's stop here. How many of us does our anger cause us to leave that which is more beneficial for us? To where we may be mulim. So it is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you adibuhu, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching all of us a lesson. All of us. 
So when he's swallowed by this big fish, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make it happen immediately. But he has something in store, Al-Qadir, the one that is able to do all things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Allah says after this, he says, if it was not for the fact that he was from the people that glorified Allah, musabbihin, from subhanAllah, if he was not from those people, then he would have stayed in there. He would have stayed within the fish till the day of resurrection. So let's just ponder over this real quick. And then we will conclude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in this time of hardship, when he is literally in the belly of the fish, in the belly of the beast, in the belly of this big fish, he could easily be swallowed. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, as we talked about earlier in the verse of Anbiya, three things. These last 10 days, brothers and sisters, or any day that you are facing. The 10 days is universal for all the Muslims to where we should, as the Prophet said, to look and to work hard in these last 10 days, looking for Laylatul Qadr as well. Make sure that you make this dua. And it's of three parts, three forms of acknowledgement. The first one, he said, La ilaha illa ant. Because he was angry and he came and he was swallowed by the fish, so he recollected and he thought about what he did. Let he acknowledge the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That there is no one worthy of worship except him. Acknowledge his greatness. How? The greatness of him with his ability to create this situation. As Allah says, He thought that we could not overpower him. So when he realized this, he called out, La ilaha illa ant. So when we start our dua, La ilaha illa ant. Then after that, the second acknowledgement is of his freedom from any likeness to his creation. We see that this word subhanak is used many times in the Quran. Subhanak. When they associate him to be like his creation, anthropomorphism, to say he is like his creation, saying he is far from that. That is not even fathomable to where the creator of the heavens and the earth is like his creation. That's the second. The third thing, acknowledging your shortcomings. And this breeds humility. Humility in English even comes from humus, which means low to the ground. Being humble. Oh Allah, forgive me for what I've done. Oh Allah, I remember when I did so and so. Forgive me for that. Igfilli. La ilaha illa and subhanak. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Igfilli min dhunubi wa kafir anni sayyati. Oh Allah, I remember when I screamed at my mother earlier today. Oh Allah, I remember when I took something from someone. Oh Allah, I remember when I lied. I remember when I did this evil deed. I remember when I didn't want to stand up and pray. I remember when I said I prayed and I really didn't pray at Fajr. I remember when I told my parents this. I remember when I screamed at my children like this. Oh Allah, forgive me for that. These are the nights to do so. And this is a huge example for us in the lives of the prophets. This is why they were the best of human beings, bringing the epitome of situations, literally being swallowed by a big fish in the belly of the fish and calling out on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In times of hardship, do not neglect your calling on the one that can take that hardship away because he is able to do all things. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that call out on him in times of hardship for verily as the, the, you know, the ones that are patient, as they say, uh, 
whoever has a ta'anna nala matamanna. Whoever has patience and tarayyuth and is easy and patient with their situation, they will get what they hope for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that receive his blessings. Jazakallah khairan. Barakallahu feekah, Shaykh. Jazakallahu khairan. I think we, we might have lost uh, Ustada Aisha. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless her. But I think subhanAllah. Oh, there she is. Alhamdulillah, you're back. Alhamdulillah, Rabbi. Uh, we thought we lost you. But, but subhanAllah, the, the Shaykh, what you just shared, um, when we talk about don't despair from the mercy of Allah, Yunus alayhi salam was in the darkest place and could have easily despaired. But because of his turning back to Allah, he's not a prophet that we scorn. He's a prophet that we celebrate for his tawbah. Mm -hmm. That's why the Prophet said, don't say I'm better mm -hmm. than Yunus ibn Matta. Don't degrade Yunus alayhi salam because uh, Allah chose him. He was better after that situation than he was even before it because he was both a prophet and one who was ta'ib to Allah, sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gave us a dua to draw close to Allah subhanAllah. Sada Aisha, any, any reflections you'd like to share in closing with Allah? You know, I in thinking about this story of Yunus alayhi salam, there's something about it that always strikes me. Um, even this concept, don't think that you're better than him. Like in terms of the hardship that he was enduring from his people, like their level of stubbornness and their level of obstinacy, like against Allah and like they just you know and, and if you can you know um and you correct me like how long was he with these people trying to teach them how many yeah the mufassirun, the mufassirun mentioned i mean all types of numbers right Sheikh abdullah what did you see like what, did you see a rajah opinion there or something no i did not actually no no i've seen no hundreds, i've seen hundreds of years that he's yes. with them yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hundreds of years yeah. that he's with them trying to teach them and guide them and plead with them and you know show them signs of allah azawajal and so just this is not like nine minutes i got mad after nine minutes right <laughs> this isn't you know we're not talking about even you know a, a few months of like i tried to teach you you wouldn't accept you know what i mean that's it yeah you know what i mean i'm done with you like this is somebody who just the the level for me of his sabr even with his people um before he has that moment of like i just need I, i'm just running to my lord and so what i've always been taught and understood about that narration is that also when he when he's on that ship and you know there's that tossing and turning that happens and they're like you know one of us is one of us is, is a right is, is a wrongdoer and he's just like it's me and they're like no 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 he's like it's me right he's like no no can't be right because you're you're the one we find fasting and praying right so it can't be me and in that little secret is that sometimes our own worship in the night or our own uh, belief about our connection with Allah will veil us from our deeper transgressions that we think because, you know, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm, I'm doing it, that sometimes it's harder for us to be able to recognize within ourselves, no, I've got internal sins. No, I've, I've, you know, on the outside, I'm praying to Allah, but internally, there's a portion of me that has despaired, right? There's a portion of me that has given up on a particular commandment 
of Allah or a particular, uh, you know, a, a particular understanding or a mission that Allah has given us. Sometimes we've retreated to the masjid and to our ibadah, not out of steadfastness, but actually out of that we've given up out of a hopelessness. Right. And so how we, um, you know, it's like I've given, I'm, I'm, I've given up on giving dawah, I've given up on advocacy, I've given up, you know, I've given up on the people, I've given up. And so now I'm in my ibadah. Uh, yeah. And so now that ibadah almost becomes a selfish thing, right? Yeah. And so, um, for me, that moment is a, is a great warning for yeah. us uh, to not let our own ibadah become a veil uh, for our despair, for our secret despair. Um, and for us to do as he did, you know, some say, you know, there's some Mufasirin who say that uh, they threw him over. But what I was taught and learned is that he eventually jumped and said, I throw myself to the mercy of Allah because they won't do it. They won't throw me over. But I know my own sins. And so not that, you know, he was just saying, y'all be I'm giving myself up to your mercy. Like I, I turn myself in. Um, and so, you know, that it, even in that moment of when Allah uh, deals with us, right? Like we know when we have those moments of atonement and Allah deals with us, sometimes our egos start to come out, right? I'm the yeah. imam or, you know, I'm giving dawah, I'm teaching, I'm do we start to list like all of our good deeds as if we've done a favor to Allah. I say, well, you know, I did this. How come I have to be tried? I, you know, I wore my hijab. I prayed. I this. I, you know, our ego comes out even about our own ibadah. And so, for him to be one who um, says, "La ilaha illa anta," subhanak, like this becomes a, a deeper level of toba, a deeper level of submission, a deeper level of devotion. Um, that becomes true, and since it becomes like that, that's humility with siddq. Um, and for that, you know, we all say, "May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give us the type of tawbah that brings us that brings us closer to Allah Azza wa Jalla, and may our ibadah never veil us from the deeper truths of ourselves." Jazakumullah Powerful, powerful reflections. May Allah bless you both. We could go all night, alhamdulillah, but we appreciate you both, alhamdulillah. Um, and we're a reminder to everyone, inshallah ta'ala, in these last nights to please keep everyone in your du'a, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us his forgiveness and his pardon and his reward and allow us to be amongst those who observe Laylatul Qadr. A reminder to everyone, inshallah ta'ala, to please consider uh, supporting Yaqeen bi'dhnillahi ta'ala uh, amongst your 10-night donations, inshallah, and also to continue to benefit from the resources. Yaqeenis2.org slash Ramadan. New papers, new ebooks, alhamdulillah, and of course, um, beneficial sessions. Uh, one of them tonight. Uh, it was it was a pleasure to have you, Ustad Aisha. Barakallahu feeki. So you're gonna you're gonna come back next year too, right? Inshallah for Quran Inshallah. I love Yaqeen. I I love Yaqeen. Alhamdulillah. May Allah open up the doors and continue to bless Yaqeen. May it be a means by which millions, if not billions, are granted Yaqeen for the programming. I mean, I mean, Jazakumullah khair. That's 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 exactly how we should end off then, inshallah. Barakallah fiqh, Ustad Aisha. Jazakumullah khair, Sheikh Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
The mission of the Prophet was to impart knowledge, to speak truth and dispel falsehood, to bring hope in times of darkness, to build a confident people, to bring us together with compassion and in strength, and most of all, to instill everlasting faith in every aspect of our lives so that we can have stronger conviction, fuller hearts, and a well-defined purpose. This is what motivates us every day, to inspire a world of faithful change makers who serve as ambassadors of the Prophet And as Yaqeen strives to build on the final prophetic mission, we invite you to join us in these final 10 nights in realizing that goal.